0: Japan reopens for tourism on episode 62 of today's Myelonomic Squared podcast.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Sam Simon. And I'm Robert Dwyer. And this is the Milonomic Squared podcast, no annual fee edition. If you're not subscribed to the full Milonomic Squared podcast, you're missing out on a
0: deeper dive into topics like the following. Leading off today with some great news, Japan opens for tourism on October 11th, 2022, Sam, my friend, how long have we been waiting for this?
1: <laughs> so long that when I told my wife, she was like, I don't believe it. I don't think we're going. How many times have we canceled that trip? Talk to me when we're boarding. And so, I mean, we've talked about this for years, Robert, literally. Yeah.
0: And the stamina it takes to, to book, uh, fight with the cancellations. <gasps> and then, oh, the window is coming around again. There's a different window coming around. And things are moving beneath us. And that's probably what I want to get into more than anything, You know, Mm -hmm. you've said before, as we've talked about other redemptions, other credit card angles, what have you, that things moved underneath us during the pandemic. And the example of how to book to Japan is something I've been looking at and thinking about writing a blog post on. And it's not very fun to write a blog post about something that you couldn't book anyways, a trip to Japan. But now you can. And you know what? A lot of that I learned before about how to book a family of four to Japan from the East Coast on really nice flights... A lot of it's changed, and not not for the better, necessarily. It's still possible, but it's hard. So I want to cover maybe perspective from the East Coast for me, West Coast for you, how we're getting there, what we've seen change. I mean, maybe I'm overthinking it. You (laughs) You seem to have an easier time with it, kind of laying back and not being so rabid at the 360-day mark or something like that. Uh, I don't know, Robert. I think I'm going to be right there with you. Uh, The first thing I saw was that there wasn't JAL availability for uh, what I call the famous two-and-two. And what I mean by that is that my way, my path to Japan was through JFK on JAL using a variety of currencies, but right at Schedule Open, they would typically have two seats in first and two seats in business. So you'd be able to get a family of four there, you know, in relative comfort. You're not all in the same cabin, but you're all in the same flight, not taking a horrendous routing. It worked out really well for us from Boston, but knocking that one seat out made it really tricky because you had to have a lot of hope and confidence that things were going to open up later close. you know, in In this war travel game, we tend to deal in the very far out the very close in and the midterm, and I think it's more important than ever to look at trends. You know, if you if, if you looked before yeah. and said, "Oh, it's every absolutely every time uh, JL opens," uh, you know, two weeks out, two months out, or something like that, you need to check to make sure that's still the case. Because I, I, I'm I'm here to tell you, I'm not seeing it. <laughs> and if you're banking on that from past knowledge, that's a, that could be a
1: big uncomfortable problem is get closer to the day to travel. Uh, I, absolutely, Robert. I mean, so much of what we talked about prior to the pandemic. I mean, you you had gone just before everything hit you traveled there february 2020 and all of the things that we have on the blog and the things that we talked about prior to that on booking some of them are still true like for example pieces of them are true for example asia miles can still see 360 day inventory on award space mm-hmm. that's okay that's good that's still the same thing but the the taxes and fees have gone up yeah and so what you end up doing is you end up verifying award space or at least what i did Verify award space is there, 360 days out, 359, 358, 357. Uh-oh, someone took a seat. Ooh. 356, 350, I can change dates, it's fine. <laughs> then you get down to 330, you're slowly watching your trip dissolve away from you. Oh, that's and painful. That's, it's painful, and that's before they announce their reopening. So you have this issue where once you get to 330 days and you can book with something like AA or 325 and book with Alaska, the inventory is picked clean either by, I guess, Asia Miles, or JAL's own members. And so you're stuck saying like, well, now I got a trip, I got to book this. The second thing that's changed, Robert, is the cancellation policies with airlines like AA and Alaska are so favorable, you have to book. Like it's very, un it's not frequent that I mention something that you have to do. If you're going to go to Japan next year, and you're going to book it with AA or Alaska, I would just do that. I would do that if the, if the space is there on days that work for you and then figure everything else out and if you have to cancel it, Robert, I'm here to say we've canceled this trip so many times with AA and Alaska that it can be done, it's relatively easy and everything comes back with a little bit of work on your part and I think it's worth doing but I do think that also means that people will speculatively book out from under you award inventory very quickly where that didn't used to happen where you'd be able to say I see it today, by tomorrow I'll probably still be able to see it. No, hold it, book it, do whatever you need to do today if you see it today.
0: Yeah, that's gotta be painful almost, um, that you know that there's partners that are able to tap into award availability before you can with AA and Alaska Miles. It's almost like you'd be almost better off not knowing that was the case, like, oh, yeah, yeah. oh, bummer. I guess uh, JAL never released that space. Meanwhile, there are people there, you know, feasting on a bunch of award availability for 25 days or whatever whatever it is, and you're like, oh, okay. Uh, But, you know, what I saw was... I have a bunch of currencies that are, are tied up into various programs from previous cancellations, uh, not just oh, Asian yeah. miles, but yeah. JAL miles themselves. You would think those would be the most incredible uh, way to fly on JAL metal. And indeed, there are some benefits to, to having JAL miles if you want to fly on JAL. But what I've seen is that when they release partner space, it is a very good redemption using jal miles say it's like 50,000 miles or something like that but like you said you have to pay about $400 in taxes and fees that's a big change that's not not good when using miles basically uh, anything other than a domestic area meaning uh, alaska and aa so i've got these stranded currencies over there i want to use them and you would think i'd be able to you know kind of force availability by using the native currency but I'm seeing like 300,000 miles per person one way for a business class. Oh, wow. yeah. So you can get into situations where you're like halfway there, three fourths of the way there, seven eighths of the way there. And then you need to make some <laughs> tough decisions about what to do about that last seat. You know, does somebody stay I'm home? Maybe right they there. go on a different flight. You go, so. I'm seven eighths. <laughs> Robert, how about you? <laughs> I was seven eighths until I made one of these tough decisions. So we've got more notes here in the show, and I probably will put up a blog at some point, blog post at some point here, because it's just there's been a lot of updates and it's not too hard to digest if you had that previous knowledge on how to get there. And maybe worth saying that, you know, talking a lot about JAL, there are other carriers out there, ANA being a great one. They just historically have not had the award availability, especially for a family that JAL did. And, of course, you can fly on AA, Metal, Delta. There's all kinds of ways that you could get there. But JAL really was, I think, the, the the airline that released the the family-friendly quantity, the family pack, the family mm. size pack mm. of award space that made it easy to get there relative to some other options and a, a pretty good carrier. So I think that's the number one to focus on. But there are others.
1: And nonstop from Boston as well is huge for you, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's yeah.
0: that, that's that's pick number one. You talked to me yes. about flying through some other city or something like that. Like, uh, I'll do that under distress situation maybe. But let's talk about some of those distress. Situations. Let's play a little. Uh, would you rather? Are you ready? I'm ready, Robert.
1: <laughs> All <laughs> right. None of these are going to be good. I can tell.
0: <laughs> you want to get to Japan? Okay. Let's let's see what you're, what sacrifices you're willing to make. Uh, wh- how do you feel about splitting up your family between cabins? You know, uh, first business, uh, business, premium economy, uh, right? So, and I guess it plays into that. How how important is a premium cabin for this 12 to 14 hour flight, depending on where you are come? I think it's 14 from Boston. How, what is it from uh, the West Coast? It's like 11 yeah that's yeah. a long flight no matter what so uh, maybe start there is, is economy a non-starter for the this uh, duration
1: of a flight for you guys well well uh, phew. <laughs> it's better than not going to Japan Robert I mean that that's, is it? like that right like yeah like there's is the, is it this or this well it's either this or this or it's both or it's neither uh, I would <laughs> here's the weird thing and I, everybody's gonna scream while they hear this but I had three seats booked on a return non-stop in business and I had a fourth seat in first class and we talked as a family and said no we don't want to do that so I actually canceled that seat and part of it was to cancel it and see if it went back into inventory it did not go back into inventory Ooh, crazy uh, yeah I can still buy the entire cabin in first class so there's no one that's bought a seat in first class I had a first class award I canceled it didn't go back uh, but I ended up moving myself to economy on the hopes that, again, like I mentioned at the top of the show, I can cancel any of this. And if a, if a business class seat comes open, as, as close in as the day before, I could cancel and then rebook myself into the cabin with the family. I, I don't want to be in a different cabin from them. And I'm, I'm lucky, I think, that it's me. You know, I can just suck it up and do it. I think I could do it. I hope I can do it. Because I really want to go to Japan, Robert. How about you? Would you, would you split cabins? Well, you know, I think a lot of this has to do with the age of your kids.
0: And That's a, good point. a lot of people think of uh, splitting up that itinerary as kind of. Uh you know, wasn't it in Home Alone where the parents are sitting up front and the rest of the kids are sitting all there in the back and they practically, you know, they forgot one of the kids, obviously, but they really don't care about what the kids are doing back there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They're just drinking their champagne. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I'm here to say everyone's situation is different. And your comfort level with, you know, quote unquote, dumping the kids in the back, everyone's comfort level with that is going to be different. But even though our kids are older, you know, they're teenagers now, Strange things happen on airplanes, and I don't hope things—strange things—don't happen on airplanes in the future. But there have been some distress situations that have come up for us where, if the kid was in the back and I was held up there in the front, I, I wouldn't like that. So I am very comfortable splitting up two and two, and you know, uh, father son, uh, mother son in the back. That's no problem for me, but yeah i I don't like it. I don't prefer it. I mean it, it, the the flight to Boston is kind of nice in that it only has business. there is no first class there, so that's kind of straightforward. but yeah, it's nice. Yeah. I, I bumped into a different situation. I was really having a tough time getting that last seat in there. and I booked there, there's there's a premium economy seat there. Uh-huh. And so I kind of wait, you can't book that with AA though, right? Uh, I, you're supposed to be able to, but I, I didn't see a way to do that, right? Because I was in the window uh, getting to be... I'm looking to go in February. So I was about, what, five months out here. And I kind of cobbled together my own half cabin by moving the three of us very far back in business and the remaining four seat, my 15-year-old, very far up in premium economy to the point where if he looks to the left and we look to the right, I think we might be able to see him so looking at the seat map. So that's about the best that I could do. And that premium economy seat doesn't look looks so terrible. So that's kind of a modified... You know, kind of a, a fourth cabin. I mean, think about it, they got first business That's premium true. Economy, yeah. and economy. So, on, on, on flights out of JFK, therefore, in, in Boston, they effectively have three. So, I thought that was kind of a creative solution. And that was available with JAL miles for 35,000 one way. And I think that I might be able to upgrade that the day of. At the airport, there's some, you, you, you want to spend some time diving into this stuff. Go read the JL's website on all the different ways you can upgrade and book things with money. <sighs> it, is, it is complicated. <laughs> so that was one interesting thing I came up with. And I th- that would be a split, and it's a three-in-one split, but I was comfortable doing it under the situation that we're in. Really piecing together that last seat out of eight. You know, counting both directions though. so yeah, I, I would do a split. but you guys weren't comfortable with the three and one with you in first. You're only comfortable with you in economy because you might move up or you 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 all need to be in the in the same cabin. That's a great point,
1: Robert. You can't move down, but you can move up. Right? <laughs> There's no option at the at the airport to go. Can I trade with someone? It'll be like Home Alone, where she's trading her her watch and her earrings, and <laughs> and I end up in a U-Haul with John Candy, right? Yeah, like <laughs> trolling um, around the gate area. Yeah. Hey, Mister, <laughs> this is a scam. You want me to go to first? No way. <laughs> so there is that, um, but you know, I think that if we have that discussion as a family, they'll cancel the trip. And so I'm kind of I'm I'm playing the odds, Robert, that something's going to come up in the next few months. And I don't know that something's going to come up in the next few months. I think there's a huge difference in when you're going. But I also think that these airlines don't have a real handle on the demand and who's actually going to fly and how many people are just booking. And so I think it's going to be a very dynamic situation. And I need to be ready for anything, which might include – like swapping some miles and asking you to book something for me with those JAL miles, if you want to keep that on the show or not. But yeah,
0: no, it's it's everything's on the table here. And I, I similarly had a uh, a debate with myself about whether to inform the family of this situation, yeah. because I can't you know get excited about booking hotels and activities until I've got. A handle on what's going to happen with airfare. Because, you know, if the whole thing is scuttled, then it is really exhausting to go and book other stuff. So that's probably a debate you had, too. Like, uh, do I bring this forward to the family? Because, you know, I, I would probably say the odds are in favor that he's going to be in the same cabin uh, with us. We're never going to get to find agree. out if, if yeah. we look to the right, we see him over there in premium economy, right? Yeah, you can look at whoever's over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do an example. No, take but some you'll change your seats. photos. You don't want to
1: sit there, right?
0: <laughs> uh, it's, it's, all, it's all fine. I mean, <laughs> mm. I'm just saying that you, you never know. How many times have you, and I've said this on the show too, how many times have you been thinking about which seat you're going to sit in? Your meal selection. Yeah. I, I was yeah. facing this was Flying Delta last weekend. You know, what's your meal selection? And next thing you know, you're connecting through LaGuardia, and your meal selection doesn't is the last matter. thing you're worried yeah, about. Yeah,
1: you know, yeah. yeah that's, that's a great point. I mean, I think that uh, the connections, you know, I looked for nonstop uh, in all possible ways to get home without a stop, but I didn't even entertain a stop. So that's something that I didn't even look at. And if I have a conversation with the family and say, look, we can all be together, we got to fly through San Francisco and make a connection, maybe they're up for that. And, you know, that saves the trip. I I just really want to go. And I will tell you this, Robert, there is zero enthusiasm in the family to have any conversation at all about going to Japan because it's a pipe dream still. It's (laughs) even though the country, like the country's actually, when we record this, the country's not even open yet. Right. It's going to open. And even that is met with skepticism like, oh, it's not open yet. Oh, two weeks. Okay, well, let's talk about in two weeks, you know, like, so I know so many of us are excited to go back and, and get travel going again and get back to some normalcy. And man, it would really, really be nice for the first member of the like myonomics community to go on a regular trip. I know we've had people that have been able to go under some of the current restrictions, but just be able to go and have that trip, you know.
0: It seems like it's a country that's, A, fantastic. A lot of people have enthusiasm for it, but
1: it's almost more desirable because it's been shut down for so long. It's like, right. I've never wanted to
0: go to Japan more.
1: But that might mean it's just completely overrun. Yeah, it might be know. the worst time to go in the next year, you
0: know? Yeah, it depends on what you do. I know your plans are very different than what I'm going to do. I don't think there'll be anyone where you're going. Yeah, we've talked about that on the show, uh, no matter what time of year it is. So uh, we'll see. But okay, here's some more puzzlers. Um, how about splitting flights? Uh, two people go through one city, two
1: people go yeah. through another. No way. No. (laughs) There's (laughs) no way. You know, I'd be okay with it because realistically, like, how much interaction do you have while you're on the flight? And everybody's talking about, like, they want want, uh, direct aisle access and they want the pod and they don't want to be able to see anyone. And then you have a family on there and you don't see each other for 11 hours. So what's the difference? But, you know, there's a psychological thing where you're like, well, we need to all be together because if, you know, one of these flights gets delayed or whatever, then... (laughs) what if I have the car keys and you don't? Or, you know, what if like, what what happens if one of us is stuck somewhere? You know, we connect through San Francisco and we're stuck in San Francisco. And I, I don't like that. How about you?
0: No, yeah, no, it's not going to fly. There's too many things that can go wrong, just like the uh, the distance split uh, in, in, a, in the cabin on the same plane. So I guess the bottom line is we're pretty picky about this. And you, you can always find a way there. But I mean, I wouldn't like, for example, fly from, you know, pay for a positioning flight to Chicago, and then fly from Chicago to, well, gosh, you can find some scenarios where you're stopping twice in the United States for even yeah. lunch over there. Yeah. I just, I don't have that kind of patience. Any number of those things can scuttle things for me. If there's that great option out there, I want to find a way to do it. And I think, I think the best way to do it is to jump on it early. No, yeah. right, push the trip out another year. Look, and again, look at those trends. That that is so important uh, because uh, if you if you are counting on something happening. You, you you really can develop a feel for it by looking at what's happening in the next few days. If you want to get a feel for it in February whether a week before they're going to open up flights, uh, you know another thing I saw was that Saturdays and Sundays are, are have far less. That's a great point. Uh, permissive yeah. availability. So I can't just look at what's happening tomorrow. I need to be pretty sophisticated in the the um, the trends that I'm I'm. T- assuming are going to continue in the future. But again, like you said, I don't think uh, some of these airlines have a handle on what to do for uh, normal release patterns uh, because they, how many people have been on these planes lately? It has to be like, you know, low double digits in some (laughs) cases. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe they kept
1: flying them. Remember that time that you had like speculatively searched for I think eight seats or something like that, or you had searched for five and then searched again for five more. And for some reason, they thought you had 10 tickets and they called you during the pandemic and they were like, are you coming to the to the airport this weekend? I felt like they're like trying to calculate if they should gas the plane up and actually even take off whether you're like showing up. Remember
0: that? It was so bizarre. It, yeah, right. Because I was trying to, I was like, wow, wide, uh, wide open award availability. Let me search for five. Let me search for eight. Let me search for, and then they called me with the, like the biggest search asking me if I was coming to play. I'm like, how did you even know I was searching for that? And why would you think to call me? No, I'm not bringing you know, eight or 10 of my closest <laughs> friends to fly out of Boston tomorrow. When were, I mean, we were in the depths of the pandemic. I mean, yeah. things were shut down. They thought I was coming. Yeah. I'm pretty hopeful at that point.
1: Yeah, that's wild. Yeah.
0: Well, one thing I wanted to close with is um, the exchange rate is so good. Oh yeah. Fantastic. Uh when I went there before it was almost 1 to 1, maybe a little bit worse than that. But now I think it's around uh 0.69. Uh so you know, good. meaning yeah. it used to be like a very 1.4. easy conversion. Yeah, yeah just like yeah. lop off uh, say say a 100 bucks, you just lop off a couple of digits by there. By 10. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but now it's like, you know, $70 US dollars by like $100 in Japanese goods. So I I think it does make sense to a, get some hotel bookings in place far ahead, and you mean prepay, right? Well, I mean, the, is, if you that, can, that, that's an idea. That, yeah, I mean, yeah. Would, would you go that far? I guess if it's cancelable, sure.
1: Right? I am. I mean, I'm looking at Airbnb type situations, and mm. yeah make the payment now. Even when, you know, Airbnb says you want to pay now, half now and half later. I mean, you're almost playing currency arbitrage at that point because, well, what's going to happen in four months? I don't know. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll wait four months and maybe it'll go in the other direction.
0: Yeah, a great point. And, and but then look at hotel points, uh, right? So maybe, you know, you love staying at this Hyatt and it was such a great redemption value. Maybe that exchange rate moves things enough in the direction of making sense that uh, the the award of you know uh, redemption doesn't make as much sense as that's it That's a great did. point.
1: Yeah, no, that's a great point. You got to really run the numbers and and calculate it with that current rate, and, and what you might think it might be next year, yeah.
0: Yeah, great point. I, no, I was thinking I could just uh, secure the booking right now, but if the exchange rate slips back under me, it's, good, it's gonna do me no good. So yeah, uh, lots to consider here, and a very exciting time. All right. Thanks for joining us this week. For a more in-depth discussion about points and miles, visit us at patreon.com slash There you'll get a special link to listen to additional content right in your mobile podcast app or on your computer, where we speak more freely about topics like
1: these. As always, you can reach us on Twitter. I'm at Milenomics and Robert's at Robert Dwyer. Would love to hear from you. Till then, we'll see you on the site.